Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. I want LSU up in Wisconsin in the middle of December. They're going to be, oh, we're not even leaving the hotel. The game's at 11. I can't get drunk enough. Where's my chicken broth? SI's Russ Dellinger. It's tough for Lane and them, right? I've, I've seen he's been tweeting a lot this morning uh, about God, um, <laughs> which has been interesting to see. And SI's Pat Forty. Give him all of his NIL cars. Give him his mullet, whatever. He's got to show something to me that he can actually play big-time football, as does the entirety of Texas, as does Oklahoma, as does Texas A&M, and several other bums out there. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. I'm tired of Texas. (laughs) I'm done with Texas. The University of Texas or the entire state? (laughs) Oh, no, they're great up in Fort Worth. They're great yeah. in Fort Worth. I can't say anything yeah, bad about Texas Christian University. Nope. Texas. Mighty Texas. We're back. Sark, big game. Stop the Horn Frogs. 199 total yards with Quinn Ewers as your quarterback. One of 13 on third down. It's unbelievable. Average game yards per play, 3.3. 28 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a great job, but I'll give all the credit to Texas TCU's defense. We keep, we just, you know, kind of waiting for TCU to fall. They're, they're 10 and 0, baby. They're squirting, they're squirting blood at people from their little eyes like the Horn Frogs <laughs> do. The, all yes, the TCU. The TCU students are flunking out because they're all out in the desert trying to lick toads. and It's, it's a mess. We can't handle this. But this is a show about misery. <laughs> Texas. What was that? Nothing. Did nothing. Shut out for the first half. I was with a, uh, a fine gentleman who had bet the over in the first in the first half of TCU. Oh Texas. boy! Oh boy! Yeah. Oh, he was happy. Oh boy! <laughs> then three bet- zero at halftime, right? Yeah. Then to, he doubled down and bet the over in the second half, so that didn't go well either. Oh no. man! 
So maybe that's that's inspiring me. Like, what is it? What is does Sark have like magic dust over people? He got Arch, he got the Manning family to be like, oh, this is the offense I want to play in. <laughs> Pat, make it make sense. Man, the laundry. It's all the laundry. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's complete smoke and mirrors. Hiring Sark was, I mean, he got Texas to hire him. I don't know how. Got Arch Manning to commit. I don't know how. Johnny Walker blew. John, that Johnny Walker blew to Cooper. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's that right. did it. You can't got buy Got everybody her. to think that their three-loss team somehow should be a touchdown favorite against undefeated TCU? I fell I for it. I don't know how. I fell for it. Me got too. everybody to believe, look, I'm sorry. Win with Quinn? No. Mm. What has Quinn Ewers done? He had a great game against Oklahoma. Big whoop. A lot of people have great games against Oklahoma. Oklahoma sucks. Okay? Let's be clear about that. <laughs> Laundry. Laundry. I'm liking Oklahoma the saltiness sucks. of this podcast already. I'm liking how salty we are. the gate. Let's go. Hey. I'm just, you know what? Because I'm tired of this stuff. I really, I just, I like, for TCU's sake, they should be appalled. Quinn Ewers had a great game against Oklahoma. <clears throat> he had a very good game against Iowa State. Since then, 19 of 49 against Oklahoma State with three picks. 18 of 31 for 197 yards against Kansas State. They won anyway, B. John Robinson, et cetera. And then this debacle last night, 17 of 39, no touchdowns, one interception, 4.4 yards per attempt. So give him all of his NIL cars, give him his mullet, whatever. He's got to show something to me that he can actually play big-time football, as does the entirety of Texas, as does Oklahoma, as does Texas A&M and several other bums out there. <laughs> they, they, they need to tow his car again. They need to tow everyone's Motivation, car. that's right. Sark's car, I, tow that thing. I was more surprised at uh, Bijan. Bijan's numbers, Bijan Robinson's numbers, 12 carries, 29 yards. I guess chalk it up to great defense at, at TCU, you know, keep doubting the Horn Frog, Frogs and waiting for them to lose. And every week they end up coming up aces, man. In uh, and, and this week, credit a little bit to their defense. Uh, nobody's really been able to stop Bijan this season, and they they did. It's an um, incredible game for, for their uh, defensive unit. Yeah, I mean, let's say let's let's switch this to TCU. What a night, right? Oh, they took our old coach. We fire a coach. Now he's down there. He's gonna game plan it. We hyped it up. Gary Patterson's gonna. Oh, you want to see defense? Yeah, they beat Texas, which is always fun. Oh wait, the guy, the guy who, the guy who bet the under, just texted me. <laughs> yeah, he's not happy. <laughs> <laughs> still mad, I'm sure. JB, sorry, still happened. Still happened. <laughs> uh, you know, the whole thing, everyone's waiting for TC to fall, including me. I'm the idiot. Yeah. I'm the idiot. Yeah. I'm going to go. I, I think I was licking toads. Them. I was high. I, I have no ex I have no no excuse. And they just come out, and yeah, it's an, it's an ugly game. But you know what? Got the win. Beat Texas 10-0. I mean, it's just unbelievable what's going on there. Humiliating awesome. Texas. I mean, this is embar yeah. embarrassing. It's not that they lost. It's that they were so bad for so long. I think fans were leaving. Like, it looked like the stadium was kind of like people had left, even though it was a close game. 
Yeah, I mean, like, Texas was so futile that once TCU got up two touchdowns, that game was completely over. Really, one touchdown, it felt like it was over. Uh, and then at two touchdowns, it absolutely was over. I mean, Texas' only touchdown was a fumble return. So yeah. that was a gift from TCU. But uh, to your point, man, massive credit to TCU. Uh, they... they just they what they they find ways to win. I mean, look at the margins of victory since they destroyed Oklahoma. Their margins of victory is seven, three, ten, 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 seven. They've been in tight games and they know what to do in tight games. They know how to execute. They know what plays to call. They know how to perform. And you know, for some people, say, well, they they haven't been there. They haven't been on this stage. They sure look like they've been on the stage because they they make plays. It's. Uh, it's fantastic. It's been very fun to watch. And now they've got to they got to pony up for one more road game uh, at Baylor, close, you know, nearby at least, just a nice drive down 35. Actually, there's no nice drives down 35. It's <laughs> a, a short drive down 35. Uh, for that next week and I mean, I'm I'm telling you they might even be able to afford a loss and still make the playoff. We're down to about oh. 8 teams that really have a chance at this. Yeah. Oh, uh, you nine. know, Texas yeah. Texas had uh, two drives longer than 30 yards in the in the game. <laughs> it, it, one was 71 yards. It was the field goal, and then another they had was 38 yards that ended on downs uh, in late in the game. Just yeah, incredible for for Gary Patterson to be obviously the defensive guru. You know, fired him, and now at Texas, kind of you know helping run their defense. Um, give it up for uh, TCU defensive coordinator Joe. Gillespie, who was a high school football coach for like 15, 20 years, and now with the uh, with the Horn Frogs, and uh, I believe he's a Texas native, former, like I said, former high school uh, Texas uh, coach and high school coach in Texas, and uh, his unit did an incredible job. Yeah, amazing. We've been waiting, we've been waiting for them to fall, and they do not fall. Now they still got three more tough ones. Two, it. I mean, I don't. Maybe we just we just. It's because of the margin, right? It's because of the margin. You yeah. just don't sit there and go, oh, this is like, no one's sitting there with Ohio State or Michigan going, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we got a couple tough games here. You got, the, uh, you know, Illinois coming in. No, it's like, but because of TCU, it's like, okay, we're not, we're not 100% secure. So they got Bay at Baylor's tough. They got Iowa State, and then they're going to have to beat somebody. But you know what? They're already in. Like, the, yeah. We'll get to the Pac-12. Obviously, there's a there's five teams that could make the Pac-12 championship game right now. Yeah, like yeah, uh, uh, TCU's in right. So it's like whatever yes. they're going to make their league title game. There is something great about the drive to Waco if you go from the like the check stop and Little Check Bakery in West Texas. Have you ever been there? <laughs> there you go. Get a colosh or whatever. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. By the way, they have a, yeah. oddly have like a a check. Uh, uh, and uh, like the Czech Republic, like the former Czechoslovakia, yeah. right? That's what I'm talking about. It, it oddly has like a, a, a like a a community in West Texas, if you want to know. Hmm. So, so there's a few of those in uh, like between between Dallas and Austin. You know, you get a lot of Czech, maybe some German. In yeah, there who too, knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. yeah, there it is. Anyway, so don't be disparaging, uh, disrespecting I-35s. <laughs> Uh, horribly boring drive. We can go into the check stop. Anyway. All I know is... So, in te 
Texas, where nobody wants to abide by any rules, you drive like 93 in the right lane and 47 in the left lane. They're completely <laughs> opposite of how it's supposed to <laughs> there is, you can You can drive as fast as you want on that road. You can um, have an open container and a shotgun. That's the beauty of, <laughs> don't, don't disrespect the highway. That's my kind of highway. It's my kind of highway. Anyway, so... This is where we're getting with this is everyone's waiting for them to drop. And I think TCU is, you said eight. I think there's nine teams left. There's really only seven with a playoff mm-hmm. chance. TCU obviously keeps winning. They're in fascinating team and they will have earned it. You got the two in the Big Ten, Ohio State and Michigan. You've got USC out west now. UCLA lost late, if you missed that, to Arizona. Oregon lost to Washington. Uh, so all we have left now is USC as a as a national playoff contender. Be amazing story. Lincoln Riley just takes the Trojans and takes them there. But they've got a lot of work to do. They still have UCLA next week, and they've got Notre Dame after that. And then they're going to have somebody good in that title game. So they got a lot of work to do. And then you got the three in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Georgia, obviously. Uh, Georgia may be in at this point unless they – Below two games, yeah. LSU can play their way in after they and they they just cleared the hardest test because yep. A and M isn't showing anything to get to Atlanta. I'm not saying the hardest test to beat. And then Tennessee steps back out and says, "Hey, don't forget about us. Let's ignore what happened in Athens. We look really good." And they just they they just run away from Missouri. So you have three in the SEC, two in the Big Ten. USC and TCU. Now you have these two in the ACC. I don't know if anyone's going to ever believe in them. Clemson or North Carolina, they both lost to uh, Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame. They need uh, help. They they need help because they're they're one loss resume stacked up against a one loss resume of a Tennessee or a Michigan or Ohio State, right? Or in USC for that matter. I mean, they would you know they would probably lose out to all of those as far as one loss. So they need they need some help. I would think. I thought Tennessee had a very good day yesterday. Alabama beats Ole Miss, and we'll talk about that in a sec. That helps give Tennessee a little more credit to their Alabama victory. And then Oregon, which seemed to be the committee was like, eh, you know, they are lost to Georgia the same as Tennessee's lost to Georgia. They're, they they dropped. So to me, there's nine to go. There's seven to go. You know, can TCU run this table? Can SC run these two gauntlets or else? We're going Big Ten SEC. Yeah. Barring a blowout in the Michigan Ohio State game. Like, Mm -hmm. very, we're we're now, ESPN has that completely convoluted. Yeah. Probability index. Yeah. Like they had, they had last week, they had Alabama at 16%. Yeah. Yeah. 16%. I think it's like 16.6 is a, is a, or something, is a roll of the dice where it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you take one die, you roll it. Right. What's the chance it comes up five, sixteen percent? The to for Alabama to make it. I don't know where what who who's the math wizard over there is. <laughs> it's like Alabama a win to make it. They need LSU to lose twice, them to win right. twice three times, and 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 including beating Georgia. And like, they need something to happen to Tennessee. And you need yeah, something. Like, well, they would lose yeah, maybe, that. maybe right. not. Right. Or they needed and they needed like, it's just like, come on, man. That's not sixty. They're not getting that. And yeah. here's the here's the other problem of just trying to reduce this to a math equation is 
the committee ain't going to sit there and put three SEC teams in. No. And that's what you would probably need for Alabama. I so, think if they no. win the SEC, they jump Tennessee. But anyway, it's not happening. The SEC, they're not going to win. They're not getting in. They're, it's it's not happening because yeah. Yeah. LSU yeah. won yesterday. Right like there. That's yeah, not right. a roll of the dice. Right so enough. whatever. All right, so we're a little we're 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 off the coast. Let's go. Uh, let's go to uh, that Ole Miss Bama game. Great game. I thought it was a a real statement for Alabama, which I know is beyond statements. But this team in particular proved they can win that. They've they've struggled on the road. They struggled in the SEC on the road, and this was a this was a a big win for that. What did you see out of that, Ross? Yeah, great game. I was in the press box of. Uh... Of the Tulane UCF game here in New Orleans, and I was uh, <laughs> watching watching more of that one on my iPad in the press box in the game playing out um, on the field. Some head scratching things happened late in that one, right? Some interesting decisions uh, by Ole Miss on that final drive or so. But as you mentioned, give it up to Alabama for for the bounce back. You know, I think a lot of people were picking them to lose, and then the dynasty is dead. Would be only the second time since 2007, Saban's first year there, that they lost three regular season games. And, uh, you know, everybody, I think a lot of people were picking against them and, and thought that this this might happen, this might be the end. And lo and behold, they pulled themselves out of what was a, just a fairly awful, you know, offensive first half or certain certainly quarter and a half of, uh, of football and uh, pulled themselves out and, and, and pulled out the win. And... When the pass went incomplete to basically end the game, Olmus's Olmus's final drive, the camera cut to Saban, you know, and he had his like hands raised and he had this like big smile on his face and he kind of like ran onto the field and you just don't see that as much from him. Like you don't see a lot of that unless it's like a championship or something. And I think that probably uh, was a good indicator of how important the game was in how big like it was to him that his team was able to be resilient in in uh, bounce back so yeah it was uh it was huge it was a great one in oxford i heard the atmosphere there was was incredible it, it, and you know it's tough for lane and them right i've i've seen he's been tweeting a lot this morning uh about god um <laughs> which has been interesting to see so you know he's uh it, it's it's tough man in you got to wonder if a, a game like that and a res, the result of that makes you kind of like scratch your head. Like, man, this was the time that Ole Miss could win. You know, it had the team to win. The situation, the scenario was like perfect. Like, and it didn't happen. And now, you know, Ole Miss will be, be sitting home the first week of December, uh, never, never having won the West. It's a tough one to swallow, I know, for them. Yeah, I, that – Saban's reaction jumped out to me too, Ross, where it was like, whoa, mm. that that tells me a few things. First of all, yeah, I think he was genuinely relieved and happy that his team won, but it also tells me how far down he had dialed expectations for this team. And it does go to the point, I, I still think the dynasty's over. I, I Like this team <laughs> still, I do. I, this team doesn't look very good. Does it? I mean, Ole Miss is a good no. team. And for, for Alabama to get the victory showed some character and some resolve. As you said, like the, all the intangibles lined up against them, and then they fell behind by 10. They were behind by 10 most of the game because they're not very good. 
And if if Bryce Young doesn't just pull things out, I uh, they they absolutely that get lose that game. And then Lane became Lane. Lane became on the last drive, the guy that the Alabama used to drive the Alabama fans crazy. Remember, they used to have the buttons run the damn ball lane. So <laughs> Quinshawn Judkins, their fantastic running back from the state of Alabama, gets them oh, down yeah, into good. the red zone. Has a 35-yard run, has a 14-yard run. So what are the last four plays? They're all passes. And they had time to run it. But they don't give Judkins yep. another touch when they yeah. get into the red zone. And that that just was, to me, that Run the dang like ball lane. lane. Yeah. Run the Enough dang with the ball, trick lane. ball. Yeah, uh, Enough with the trick plays, Lane. Yeah. Run the dang yeah. ball. Yeah. When God wants you to grow, <laughs> he makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. This is from Lane Kiffin's Twitter feed. Uh, also, it's Sunday morning, and a lot of you degenerates didn't go anywhere near a church, nor did I. But, yeah. <laughs> so I listened to the pastor, Lane Kiffin, this morning. Yes. All of all of our clergy who listen to the uh, to the podcast, Sorry. keep us in your thoughts today, because we're taping this listen, right during I'm serving the, my, flock, my flock, my the, flock, the yes. uh, college football inquirer listeners. When God, I love that's a good that's a good one by Lane. It's like so uh, for the angry old Miss fan that wakes up, we blew the game. I'm a little salty. Maybe I had a few too many at City Grocery after to, to, to try to to try to drink this away. And then you you wake up angry and and he's coming up with God stuff. And you go <laughs> all right. I think Ole Miss. Let me tell you what. If being uncomfortable against Alabama was God's plan to make you grow. <laughs> Ole Miss would be 10 feet tall right now <laughs> because there's a long list of being uncomfortable. Love the Saban reaction. And um, yeah. I thought it was a, it was a, it's a reminder of like how small, as big as the sport is, how small the sport is. And mm. it was a reminder of a coach who's just excited that his guys, because, you know, there's, there's a lot of mean nasty people like pat out there who are like <laughs> you lose by a field goal at the end of the game which kind of was because the coaches blew it and time in the time we should have had overtime against tennessee and then you blow and then you lose uh on a two-point conversion at lsu that and you barely you beat know, the worst like texas a like team guys, in decades and a terrible texas team that we just killed but anyway go ahead got the dub <laughs> You got the dub. Okay. So Pat, like mean, don't listen to them because mm -hmm. they're saying you suck. They're saying you're not as good as your predecessor. The, the, the pro everyone, but Bryce young, I will say Bryce young is like, he's not going to win the Heisman, but this is the most valuable player in yes. football by far. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this team does suck without Bryce young, but yeah. they got Bryce young. So this is what, uh, th let me put it this way. Quinn Ewers. This is what a really good quarterback does on a bad team. So, Anyway, I don't know where this point is going, but you know Saban wanted this for his team, for his guys. Yeah, you know this game means—I mean, it means something. But it's it, 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 by Alabama standards, season shot, whatever. Forget your little sixteen percent chance. They already LSU had already won. You got no shot. And it's just—I I love seeing that out of Saban. Like I know that he was just proud of his guys. Like you know He's what? All about, like, we went and won a good game. You know, like he 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 talks about resiliency so much you know and like and uh responding and you know you hear those words from him and this one is just such a great example of his team 
showing that. So I think it did. It, it meant something special to him. By the way, Alabama is three plays away from being 10 and 0 and three plays away from being five and five. What an insane yeah. season. All, all, I mean, f- it, it's, it's incredible. The games that they've had, you know, they won Alabama. They won, they beat Texas in the last play. They had to stop Texas A&M on the last play and Tennessee beat them on the last play and LSU beat them on the last play and Ole Miss, uh, they had to stop Ole Miss on the last play. What a, what a crazy season. Uh, yeah. I'm wondering whether yesterday's game becomes that fifth. I put that out there on Twitter yesterday. Uh, the fifth 10 million plus viewership. Mm, right. I, I, it felt mm-hmm. like nothing mm-hmm. else was really going on at the end of that game. Yeah. Like there weren't, there weren't competing awesome games. I think like ABC had uh, Michigan blowing out Nebraska. And I, 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 I anyway, every, it was like just everyone just tune in to watch. And that would be like their third massive game for a team that, you know, like Alabama on the brink is just good TV. So right. I, you know, and even then, like the number of people crowding, watching that game at a sports bar or whatever, I'm sure just huge numbers again. So, <clears throat> all right, Pac-12, <clears throat> Oregon, terrific game. <laughs> you, you fit it. Hold on, Dan. You fit, you fittingly let out a Pac-12 and then a real cough, though, that sounded fake. <laughs> Pac-12 <laughs> gagging it away, <laughs> gagging it away. Yeah, that was a real cough. Uh, yeah, Pac-12. <laughs> Well-timed. Pac-12 might have stayed out too late last night also. (laughs) (laughs) It did. I stayed up with them till like two. Yeah, yeah. Pac-12, it was great. It was exciting. Arizona finishes UCLA. Terrific game. Washington, Oregon, one of the great underrated rivalry. Kalen DeBoer has resurrected that program quickly. Terrific victory over the Ducks. Pat, what happened out West now? We're just down to USC's got to run this gauntlet, but... Those are two really good wins, and Arizona's rising. So, like, it's just a fascinating league right now. It is. I mean, it's been an interesting season. It's continuing to be interesting. It will be for the next three weeks as well. And, yeah, if you're like a Pac-12 fan or if you're George Kliakoff and you're sitting there saying, okay, USC, which is jilting us, leaving us high and dry, is our hope. Go USC, kind of. Kind of not, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, you want to make the playoff. You want the revenue. You want the bragging rights. But that's a tough one to root for, to carry your banner. But that's what you got. Oregon-Washington was a hell of a game. Great game. From the uniform combos, the the old solid color, color rush, you know, the day-glow yellow for Oregon and the purple for Washington to the up-and-down nature of it. Some great quarterback play, some very good skill position play. Some good defense occasionally, not a lot. But the way Oregon lost the game was just brutal. You know, we have seen them have chances at national championship uh, uh, contention. In 2007, they were going to the playoff, and then Dennis Dixon, their quarterback, blows his knee, and there it goes. Poof, end of the, like, this time of year. In 2010, they're in the championship game, And it looks like it's going to go to overtime, right? Michael Dyer somehow stays off the ground and runs like 50 yards, and Auburn kicks a winning field goal. Poof, gone. And then this one, I mean, you are up four points. Washington drives, and Michael Penix, who is phenomenal, makes one bad play, tries to throw it into the end zone, gets intercepted at the one. Oregon turns around and just mashes you downfield. 
five yards, seven yards, six yards, 10, whatever, 20 plays, gets down to the 10-yard line. And then on third and five, you run Bo Nix. He stopped. He gets hurt. And everything goes to hell from that point on. There's like five plays in a row, succession, where it just all falls apart. You kick a field goal. Washington gets a chance. You kick off out of bounds. Washington gets field position. Michael Penix makes a ridiculous cross-field throw. Your safety misplays it. They get a touchdown. It's tied. And then Dan Lanning makes the worst call of the weekend. Mm. Maybe one of the worst calls of the season. You got fourth and one in your own territory. It's tied. There's 90 seconds left. Bo Nix is not in the game. Bo Nix is one of the best short yardage running quarterbacks in recent years. He's healthy enough to go back in. You don't put him back in. You don't call timeout. You don't punt. You keep your backup quarterback in. He hands off to a guy who slips and falls down. Washington kicks the winning field goal. I mean, it's just brutal. Dan Lanning's had a great first season as a head coach, and he had a terrible, terrible moment there, and it happened to be one that cost his team a chance at a playoff. So it was a great game. It was a brutal ending for Oregon. Bo was trying to get back in, right? Wasn't he begging yes. to get in? According to, to Brock Heward calling the game, Bo Nix jumping up and down yeah. the sidelines, ready to go. Yeah, I think You call timeout and you put him back in. They didn't. Mm. How about uh, Michael Penix? I mean, this guy, every I was looking at like his game by game. He's thrown for 300 yards pretty much every – I mean, the one game he fell two yards short of the 300-yard mark. But Dudas put up basically, you know, averaging like 350 every game in, in like – you know, 70, 65, 70% completion percentage. His touchdown interception, 25 to 6. Last night he had 408 against Oregon. Two touchdowns, one interception. Completed 75% of his passes. I mean, uh, guy's got a rated, uh, quarterback rating of 155 this year. Just uh, tearing it up. And, uh, and here we are, right? We're in a, a familiar place for the Pac-12 where this year we – They've been really exciting to watch. Like the conference, the games have been exciting and, and really great. Actually, they've got a, they've they've got two or three of the best games that we've seen this year out there on the West Coast. And they sit here, you know, with one last hope because they've kind of uh, beaten each other, beaten each other up, eaten each other up. So yeah, it's just uh, it's it's a struggle out there. I, I think it's exciting. Yeah, you know, Penix transfer, right? You can you can just get things going quick and Penix isn't sitting there on a bad team and instead is making these big plays. And like, it's interesting. We talk about there's seven teams left. Three of them have transfer quarterbacks. Now Hendon hookers, mm. it was like, cause he's like 30 years old. <laughs> yeah. That was a while ago that he transferred for Virginia tech, but Daniels, Will, Caleb Williams at USC, Jaden Daniels at, at LSU, Caleb Williams at USC. Also, and and Hendon Hooker of the seven all transfer QBs, like pretty interesting. Like, yeah, yeah. Like the, the transfer mm. market it, it, on QBs is just a monster. Yeah, uh, get and the right you, guy you know, in the right spot, and it can change things. Right. And that, yeah, great decision. By I, I like Washington being good. Caitlin, but DeBoer. Yeah, uh, dreadful, dreadful uh, decision there at the end by 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 the Ducks, but uh, it was a good game. I was really happy that that you know a lot of people got to watch Pac-12 because uh, you know you get the the Arizona huge statement game for them, but it's two in the morning, so you just get really the the the, the really drunk East Coast people. 
at the sports bar watch, but still good. Um, so yeah, we're down to USC and, uh, they got to run this gauntlet to, uh, to do it. Searching for NBA playoff coverage. We've got you. The old man and the three presented by BMW gives you an inside look into the world of sports hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend, JJ Redick and sports writer, Tommy Alter. The old man and the three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and JJ discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, a little convoluted, I forgot. Let's get back to the SEC. I don't know if we have a, is there like a geography rule on this? Like we're supposed to. <laughs> no, uh, there are no rules for this. Oh, podcast. good. You good. Cause I don't know them. And technically I'm the host. <laughs> <laughs> I'll check our bylaws. Uh, I'll check our bylaws on this. LSU SEC West champs. And um, obviously they got, they got some work to do. Cause we look at the, at the playoff becomes like everything, but two things. Let's take a moment that, Brian Kelly went down there and took a reeling program where everyone was leaving and won the SEC West. Yeah. Uh, probably yeah. the hardest division in all of football to win. Uh, perhaps, I don't know. Maybe the Big Ten East is also there, but it wins it first year with a game to go. Yeah. And he's got, he's got it. Incredible job by LSU. And they go up to Arkansas win this game 13 10 it was frosty in the morning it was it was not the preferred drinking time for lsu fans <laughs> kj jefferson was not there but the lsu defense was all over it and harold perkins let's just do this now because i think all of us would give the small sample heisman to harold perkins eight tackles four tackles for a loss four sacks two forced fumbles and another one that almost was a forced fumble a freshman linebacker Harold Perkins basically won them this game. Unbelievable effort. Defensive players don't win Heisman's, the real one, but good Lord, maybe this guy does. Incredible, incredible performance by by Harold Perkins. Uh, just absolute dominant and a uh, great day for LSU. They're going to Atlanta in year one of Brian Kelly and the fit. How, how's he culturally fit? <laughs> Fits good when you're in Atlanta on the first weekend of December. Ross, yeah. what happened? Yeah, unbelievable. I, I uh, woke up to a text from one of the LSU staff members when they arrived at the at the field for the 11 a.m. kick 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff, and so they arrived like at 7 a.m. or 6:30 in the morning. Sun was just peeking <laughs> peeking out, and the picture is of the field, and it's is like I mean it's frozen. It's a it is a frozen tundra, and I'm thinking like everything <laughs> everything in this game is pointing to. The old trap game and upset and LSU going there to lose. They they don't. I think I said it on the pod earlier this week. Like they don't play well there. They're coming off a physically grinding game against Alabama. A big emotional like win. It's cold. The field's frozen. It's 11 a.m. They've got freaking hot broth on the sideline for the players. I saw that. Which Arkansas people were making fun of. It's like it's. By like by kickoff, it was like forty five degrees. <laughs> and yeah, it, and there like, were a we lot got, of people around the country <laughs> chuckling yes, at that. Yes, I want got, the playoff home site. <laughs> let me just interrupt. Yeah, you call that frozen? 
That's just <laughs> Tuesday morning, bro. It's just a little frost on the windshield. You run the car for two seconds and man, melts. if it, if I it's, want if, LSU up in Wisconsin in the middle of December. They're gonna be, oh, we're not even leaving the hotel. The game's at eleven. I can't get drunk enough. Where's my chicken broth? Hey, I was standing on this the sideline here in New Orleans. It was cold yesterday. Oh, it whatever. Was like 55 degrees and blowing. Yeah. And I was on the sideline of the UCF two-lane game, just free, like shaking, like just shaking. And and Boy, somebody it's... came up to me and was like, dude, are you okay? I'm like, it's freezing down here. You know, it was like 52 degrees, you know. Yeah, yeah. Soft. But, uh, Soft. But, Bring yeah, it. Yeah. Bring it. Well, you know. Let's go. Let's anything below flip-flop weather you know anything below 65 degrees is cold in my mind so um but yeah it same goes for the tigers who are sipping uh or gulping hot hot broth uh a hot chicken broth on the sideline but uh, low and ball let's let's get back to Harold perkins in incredible in really i mean you know he lsu probably doesn't win that game without him i mean i i think it's you could you could say that i mean he they they don't win the game without him. He's he's a five-star guy. I think he was like, you know, number eight, 24-7. had him like number eight overall prospect in last year's class. Quite a recruiting battle, uh, I hear. He was a former Louisianian who lived in New or- from New Orleans, from here in New Orleans. Um, in his his uh, family was displaced by Hurricane Katrina. So he moved in te- to, to Houston, grew up in Texas. And uh, it was quite the war, I think, to... To get him to LSU, like all the SEC recruiting war uh, battles are, and he's there, and you know he slowly has progressed. When I visited LSU before the Alabama game, a couple of the staff members were telling me he's the best player on our team. Like he's the best player on our team, and they were trying to get him to you know on the field more. You know, and it, it, he was a freshman; he's young, so it was kind of like a mental thing, trying to get him to understand uh, some of the schematics and, and all this stuff. And they were trying to get him. You know, if you put him on the field, you got to take somebody else off. You know, there's all that. There, there was all those issues, but they found a way to keep him on the field more in this game, in an Alabama game, than any time this season. And something tells me we will see him on the field. You know, a lot more uh, going forward. Just an absolute freak, and uh, I'd like to see him up against you know the best tackle in in college football because he has just beaten the last few like a drum. Yeah, he's spectacular to watch. He really is. I mean, he's. He's got speed and punch, and he's bendy, you know, like they say about uh, mm. the, uh, pass rushers. I mean, he got under the rush the one time in particular that I don't know. Like, he was a foot and a half off the ground. He's 6'3", 220, and he's like, looks like a, just a little, like, roadrunner, but scooting around underneath the tackle. So, he's fantastic. One of the best things Brian Kelly did since he when he got there was to get him to decommit from Texas A&M. He was... Yeah, and ask ask Harold Perkins today. Would you rather be on the Exxon mm-hmm. Valdez in College Station, or on the good <laughs> ship Lollipop here in in Baton Rouge and going to play for the SEC championship? Uh, I mean, yeah. he's made he made a wise choice, and he's made a big big difference. And uh, that was he was just huge in that game. The one thing I will say, I I, I haven't you know broken down the film or whatever. But usually, like when a guy just has an unstoppable game like that, the offense contributes by not yeah. blocking him well, either, you know, plan, scheme, whatever. But there was not enough help on Harold Perkins. There wasn't enough identifying him. Arkansas is playing backup quarterbacks who probably weren't very good at maybe checking out or identifying things or whatever the case may be. But 
Uh, like if you go back, remember JT Tuomolau from uh, Ohio State. He had the like the greatest pass rush game in history against Penn State. Well, since then, he's had one pass broken up and a couple of tackles, and I think and no sacks. So like. You can game plan a way to, to minimize a great pass rusher a lot of the times, and I think Arkansas yeah. contributed to its own demise there. Sam Pittman has coached a heck of a lot of offensive line through the years. Yeah. But uh, so, you know, maybe he already thought of this, but maybe two guys on one guy on that. Mm. <laughs> maybe. Two guys on that yeah. guy. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Running back help, tight end help, nine one one help, something. Yeah, maybe it wouldn't have mattered. I want to know this. So I, this rule, I can't find whether this is a rule or not, but I remember when Penn State was throwing PB&Js at Michigan? So, <laughs> yes. As it was explained to me, you're not allowed to have any football uh, food on the sideline at a football game. No no yeah. food there. And we talked about maybe like setting up barbecues. And yeah. Texas would have like uh, like the Chipotle <laughs> bar on the sideline or like Torchy's tacos so they could all be well-fed while they lose and not gain a first down. <laughs> It could be recruiting advantage. We got to look at all our recruits. They're well-fed, but we suck. Anyway, <laughs> maybe somebody's a little still salty about picking Texas. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Somebody picked Texas. Anyway, yeah. you're not – as I understand it, I, do, I can't find this in the manual. I don't know. There's no food on the sideline. Is chicken broth a food? Mm. Okay, so they, they <laughs> show like, the sideline. Mm. LSU, because they're so scared of 50-degree weather, has – they have a hot chocolate – and chicken broth for the players to consume to stay warm because God knows we don't want to lose a limb out there like we're climbing K2. Frostbite, man. <laughs> climbing K2. Like, oh, my God, the wind shear here in Fayetteville. It's it's 53 degrees. Um, they have, but is chicken broth food? Well, this is a good question. This is a very Seinfeld I think they might question. have cheated. I remember when Mark also consummate. remember when Mark San, Mark Sanchez ate the hot dog on the side of the Jets the Jets game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so ordering Look. a hot dog from the stand. Anyway, that's the NFL. This but is a one good, of the great, a good this is a good debate Dan. Did LSU cheat yeah. by having chicken cheat? broth? That's right. Is it food or is it just that's the liquid? Right. Is it just yes. hey, the last thing Last thing LSU needs is another investigation. I, okay. <laughs> Will, Will, was Will Wade cooking up the chicken broth? I don't know. Where do you get chicken Strong broth at the last broth. minute? Uh, what well, is it, it Pat? It, is chicken broth food? Uh, is it I'm just chicken say, flavored water? It's chicken flavored water, man. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm giving him a pass on the sideline broth as a potential violation. I I can't go there. I, I made some rice. I put chicken broth in it. It looked pretty watery, you know. I'm I'm. You don't need a fork to eat chicken broth, right? You just no. It's not food. It's fine. Well, it's fine. Let them have their broth. I. By the way, I am the the weather middle ground. I'm the neutral zone between you two, between our Gulf Coast warm right. weather guy and our right. upper Midwest frozen tundra guy. Yeah. yeah. Here in Louisville, you're both ridiculous, but <laughs> I. I I well, at least in the middle. Do group. not call Detroit Upper Midwest. The Upper Midwest people will get uh -oh. angry with you. That's Minnesota really? and stuff like that. Mm. Like oh, the okay. like the two lane people mad at me for mispronouncing that school. I can't literally cannot pronounce Kalane. one school. I hate. Kalane. I'm not even going to say. I can pronounce L S U. That's it. So there's my <laughs> only school left. That's it. Yes. Yes. I can. I think I pronounced Texas right, but I may be wrong. 
This chicken broth debate reminds me of uh, the Seinfeld episode of uh, Consomme. The Consomme episode. Is Consomme a meal? Is it a meal or is it not a meal? You know, and then Jerry uh, Elaine says, well, it, you know, does the does the Consomme have crackers in it? And Okay, you can have crackers. Ooh, if it has crackers, then maybe it's a meal. You know, it's like, did the chicken broth have crackers? I didn't see any crackers. I don't know. I think, I think crackers chicken, would be crossing the line. Straight, I think they'll be crossing the line. You got a NCAA self violation. violation. NCAA violation. I, I don't even know if this is against the rules or not. So someone might be like, no, you can drink, you can have, you can literally gnaw on a bone over there. But I just, <laughs> I don't know. Chicken broth with no cracker sucks. I mean, that's not good. Yeah, no, it's bad. Hot chocolate. Like, do we put little, what if there's marshmallows in there? You can't have hot chocolate without a little marshmallow, right? Is that is marshmallow food? The whole thing. I don't know. In the annals of LSU cheating, this would be pretty far down the list. Pretty, pretty low, pretty small. Pretty small. LSU's like, what? Wait, you're gonna bust us for that? We let Will Wade coach for three years. Now he's our chicken broth consultant. I don't know. Chicken broth consultant. Uh, LSU. <laughs> hey, the dream's alive. The dream is alive. I don't know if anyone's going to believe them when they get to Atlanta, but uh, the dream is alive. So we're going on that. All right. You know who, you know, maybe LSU's got a point. Chicken broth. Uh, maybe somebody in the actual area of the country that needs the chicken broth should start going with the chicken broth trick. And that's the Big Ten West. Uh, just give <laughs> up, people. Just give up. Uh, just give up. Uh, uh, the whole league is a burning dumpster fire in, uh, you know, it, it, it's so bad. So bad. I believe the entire league is the entire division is Mo Ibrahim and a bunch of people who are terrible at playing football. <laughs> that's the whole. That's it. Mo Ibrahim, Chase Brown and a bunch of people. Chase Brown. Right. There's a couple guys that are like, you're lost. Like you're right. You got you got yeah. transferred to the wrong bus and you're in the wrong place. Iowa could win this thing. That's just preposterous. Yeah, I, like, and it's I, like I, Iowa's Iowa in control. Yeah, they, they, they. I believe. I, so I'm looking at. A I don't think anyone controls their own destiny or something, which is like I, well, mathematically I'm impossible. At a spreadsheet by it was like really intricate spreadsheet on the uh, on the scenarios of Big Ten West by Ryan Burns of the Minnesota 24/7 Sports site. It's incredible, and I he's got on here. Well, no, you're right. Maybe, yeah. I mean, they need some things. <laughs> they need. How some does things nobody? To happen. Is that statistically yeah. possible that nobody yeah. can control I, like, their own? The closest. Test? I don't think is, it can be. Can it? Somebody I, well, has to be able to control. <laughs> I'm know. reading this in. Yeah, I mean, the the closest is Purdue. So <laughs> Purdue has to win out and have Iowa lose to Minnesota or Nebraska. Iowa has oh. to win out. <laughs> oh. And have Purdue, it says Purdue lose to Northwestern or Indiana, and there's a lot of other things that could happen too. It looks like Iowa and Purdue are in the, the best spots. Iowa can win out or if, I I don't know. This is unbelievable. I mean, it's a jumbled mess, but you should see the spreadsheet. It's it's wild. I don't, I'm having trouble reading it. I, just like the Big Ten is having trouble picking a champion, uh, Big Ten West. Picking a champion, it's uh, it's crazy. But but to boil it down, Iowa and Purdue have the best shot, assuming that Illinois loses to Michigan. Of course, Illinois beats Michigan, <laughs> yeah. everything changes, and Illinois is like kind of back in the driver's seat. And I think it can control its its destiny. Yeah, Illinois ain't beating Michigan no, with no. Dick Butkus. That, that ain't <laughs> happening. So, uh, uh, 
I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the grossest thing I've ever seen. I mean, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> These teams are all so, ugh. I mean, cons- consider this. He said, like, basically, Iowa's got a, a very live chance to to win their division, and they are by far the worst offensive team in the division. They're the second worst offensive team in the United States of America in terms of yards per game. The only one worse is New Mexico. They're no 130th, big. and they've got a chance. I mean, it's they, they against Wisconsin, 146 total yards, 2.15 yards per play, and they won by two touchdowns. How? I, th- I think I figured this chart out. So Iowa does control its own destiny. I know. Iowa does control its own destiny. I think Illinois does. This is is Iowa. This is Iowa controls its own destiny. They win out. They win the Big Ten West. Uh, If they lose, then there's a bunch of other. There's all kind of stuff that can happen. Then it opens the door for for Purdue. If Iowa loses one, Minnesota or Nebraska, and Purdue wins out, then Purdue wins the, uh, the Big Ten West. If Minnesota wins out and has Purdue lose one, then they win the Big Ten West. Wisconsin can still win the Big Ten West. If they beat Minnesota, then several things have to happen. But Wisconsin still can win the Big Ten West. And then, of course, Illinois, uh, assuming they lose to Michigan, they would have to beat Northwestern to end the season and have Purdue Minnesota and Iowa all lose to win the Big Ten West. So it is it is quite the mess. But Iowa, Iowa controls its own destiny, it appears. The worst offensive team in the Power Five has a chance to win its division. Kevin Warren almost called off a season once. He can call off the Big Ten championship. <laughs> he can do it. Just cancel it's within it. within his power. Save us from anyone from the West playing either Ohio State or Michigan in a game in December that we're supposed to care about. I I agree. Turn it into a Big Ten volleyball game. Yeah. Uh, like bet. just yeah, set up something like this. Be like, we're doing this. Okay. We're gonna, we're gonna like, we got Nebraska, and I think Nebraska and Wisconsin are like like top five each in in volleyball. Ohio, like they they're they're killing yeah. it in volleyball. Like just be like, we're doing this. Nobody wants to watch this garbage. Ohio State is going to beat th- these guys fifty-five to three. I just sent y'all on the on the group message the chart. This uh, scenarios chart. Good luck I, with that. You'll need some bourbon in your coffee to understand that thing. Well, there's no way I can understand this. Having yeah, like what? I mean, this is a mess. I I don't know. Anyway, get get shape up, people. Big Ten West. We're better than this. <laughs> Maybe not. It's a lot of really good engineering schools, like smart people go to these schools, and maybe they're just trying to run a math equation, like they're like goodwill hunting. <laughs> Somebody like, figure it out. The different, like only like ten people can solve this problem, and we're gonna find. And I can't. I'm the professor, so we're gonna see if uh, Will Hunting can do it. Maybe that's. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. Making it difficult. Anyway, I don't know what you guys are doing out there. You're having fun with us, Pat Fitzgerald. Try to win a game on the on the continent. Come on now, you only got a couple to go. <laughs> total, just just a total disaster. So, but hey, that Michigan Ohio State game is going to be good. Let's get to uh, small sample Heisman. We don't like giving them out at the end of the year. Let's do it every week. Small sample Heisman time. 
We don't give out one award at the end of the year. We give it out week to week. It's the Small Sample Heisman on the College Football Inquirer podcast. Who's got one? Who, who did some research? I got one. I was at uh, I, go, go I, I was it. at yeah. UCF Tulane in New Orleans and uh, got to see live John Rice Plumley, former you know almost quarterback, almost transfer, plays for UCF now. Uh, the Knights went into uh, to the rocking uh, Yeoman Stadium in Uptown New Orleans and uh, and rocked the Green Wave, uh, giving them their first American loss, and they did it uh, on the feet in the arm of. John Rice Plumley. He had like over 300 total yards, 176 rushing, 132 passing, uh, completed 17 passes, scored three times, two on the ground. They couldn't stop him. Uh, Tulane's defense, which has kind of been the anchor of its team all year, could not uh, stop John Rice. And that, that was the first time I've seen him live. And man, he is built. I mean, like I was on the field during pregame. And uh, man, he is thick. Like he is built in. Man, he just he ran over people on Tulane's team, or ran around them, or ran through them. So give it up for uh, for him. And the Knights are in kind of in the driver's seat to get the Group of Five uh, bid into the New Year's Six uh, bowl game. Yeah, good for the night. Good for the Knights. Good for Gus. They've had uh, they've had a very nice season. That's the 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 American's been interesting to watch it whittle itself down to. UCF Cincinnati again, but a vulnerable Cincinnati yep. and uh, and Tulane. So I'm going to go with the late night hero for me with uh, Jaden Delora, the quarterback for Arizona. Mm. <laughs> he is wild to watch. I mean, his mechanics are awful. His decision making sometimes <laughs> is awful. I, I even tweeted at times. He does not look like he has full motor control of what he's doing because he's just all <laughs> over the place. I mean, but he's all heart. He's all guts. He makes plays happen. And he led Arizona to a huge victory against a top 10 opponent, UCLA, in the Rose Bowl. He was 22-28 for 315 yards and two touchdowns. Transfer from Washington State, who has kind of helped with Jed Fish raise Arizona's program they're two wins away. They need to win at home against Washington State and against a very bad Arizona State, and they go bowling for the first time in a long time. I mean, that program has been way, way down. So it's kind of fun to see them getting it back together a little bit, and Jaden Delora has been a big part of that, and he is extremely entertaining to watch. He was uh, Saturday night into s- Sunday morning, and uh, his emotion at the end of the game when they won was, was very cool. A little bit like watching a baby deer like run across a yeah. frozen pond. You're like, <laughs> oh no! But yeah. in the end, they made it. It's a fun, it fun, fun little TikTok. Yeah, it's yeah. fun to watch. All right, small sample Heisman time. Kind of have two, but I'm gonna I, I'm gonna give two. You know what? I'm, it's, uh, it's almost Christmas. Spirit of giving. There we go. <laughs> Troy linebacker Carlton Marshall. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Sorry. Twenty two tackles. In Troy's ten to nine victory over Army, as a as a hit, as, as, that's a that's a linebacker game. Mm. Twenty two tackles gives him the career lead at the program, five hundred and actually I think it's the F- FBS history, FBS all time right. most yeah, yeah. Yep. all time most tackles, five hundred and forty eight tackles, and he's still got some games to go. Wow, he arrived. He's five nine, two hundred and ten pounds. He arrived at Troy as a walk on. 
He did not play his first year and has emerged one of the best players in the program's history. 100 tackles, obviously, the last three, 106 already this year. Amazing defensive player. A walk, oh, look at, and you know, live the dream, man. You're a walk on at Troy. <laughs> you're 5'9 walk on at Troy. Probably not thinking you're ever going to lead the uh, the history of college football in anything, but he he managed to do it. So 22 tackles, great job, Troy's eight and two, having themselves a year. And then I want to give a brief note. I guess I give him a small sample Heisman too. But Cameron Babb, the wide receiver at Ohio oh, State, good one, good mm. one, monster prospect recruit back in 2018, four ACL surgeries. Did not play in 2018, 2019, 2021. He played in 2020, did not catch a single pass. Beloved player for his heart and what a great kid he is and everything at Ohio State. And they're up late against Indiana. Good on Ryan Day and the whole program. They got him in. Uh, he caught a his first career catch, eight-yard touchdown to to give uh to, to to make a catch and score a touchdown for the Buckeyes. The scene where literally, uh, you know, the whole scene was awesome. Place went crazy. Obviously, what's left of the crowd and the 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 team runs down and you just see how he's got like a brace on his knee for a wide receiver, which you don't normally mm. see. Great moment for for the Buckeyes. So I am such a, a good and compassionate person that I give two small sample Heisman's out uh, for that. I will now get mean during. Say something nice. Good. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry for the diversion. No, that, was, that was good. I talked positive. to Cameron Babb's mom back in 2020, you know, when there was people were trying to decide whether we we're going to have football or not. And she was a wonderful woman and was kind of going through his struggles to that point, which continued, you know, as far as not being able to get on the field and how much she wanted to see him get a chance to play. And I, I'm sure for her, it was wonderful to see him score a touchdown. First of all, it was a great play, too. Like it was not yeah. an easy catch and he got it and he ran to the end of the end zone and he, he like got down on his knees and it's just, just an awesome scene. And the, the teammates, right. You just, you know, you know, just, they just all went wild. I mean, they just went the whole, the whole team were stormed down there. So good to see. Good to see. All right. See, I'm saying something nice already. I'm jumping segments. <laughs> Pat, you've been particularly mean in this podcast. Can you say something nice? I have been, but justifiably, in my opinion. Uh, but yes, I am ready to say something nice. I am. I'm going to say something nice about Duke and Mike Elko. What a hire that's turned out to be. Incredible turnaround from where the program was last year to where they are now, which is 7-3 and three overall. And here's some stats for you. David Teal, the, uh, the, the great writer uh, in Virginia, uh, gave me the idea for this, and I just looked him up. So last year, Duke lost to Virginia by 48. This year, under Mike Elko, they beat Virginia by 21. Virginia also has a first-year coach, not going very well. Last year, Duke lost to Miami by 37. This year, Duke beat Miami by 24. That's a turnaround of 61 points, turnaround of 69 against Virginia. Last year, against Virginia Tech, they lost by 31. This year, they won by 17. So that's three opponents in the Coastal who also hired new coaches. And boy, oh boy, just based at least on one season returns, Duke got the best of them. Mike Elko is getting it done. Very rapid turnaround for the Blue Devils. Way to go. 
Thanks. Well, Pat, you uh, you swiped mine. Duke, uh, Duke just oh. uh, had us all. Duke has us all like uh, enamored, doesn't it? I'll uh, yeah, I'll switch up and and uh, and go with what we were just talking about earlier. Iowa, Iowa controls its own <laughs> destiny to win the Big Ten West and play in the championship Maybe. game where it will almost invariably get beat 27 to three by Ohio state or Michigan, but that's not nice. I know, but it is nice <laughs> that they control their own destiny. And uh, so congratulations, Iowa. If you win out, you get to go play Michigan and Ohio state in the, in Indianapolis. Yay. <laughs> there. How nice was that? There. That was that. really good. That, that was, was good. good. That <laughs> was appropriate, appropriate niceness for this pod. That was the cold chicken broth of nice. <laughs> say something nice. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I guess. Yeah. Sustenance yeah. in some way. <laughs> I'm going to say something nice about uh, Northeast football because the Connecticut Huskies, the Connecticut mm. Huskies, under Jim Mora Jr., have are, are bowl eligible. They are six and five. They beat Liberty, and Liberty's big thing. Maybe Auburn should hire Jim Mora Jr. I don't know. UConn <laughs> out of nowhere because that program was dead to the world last year. Has, has resurrected. Great victory. Boston College is having a horrible year. They defeat NC State. A great win for the Eagles. There's all that. So things are rolling up in the Northeast. Not mentioned UMass. Not mentioned <laughs> Syracuse, who could go 6-0 and and then end up 6-6. Six and six. Six and like six, Syracuse yeah. could end oh, up 6-6. Yeah. Six and six. yeah. Who could all have saw time, that coming? The most Syracuse thing of all time <laughs> would be going 6-0. <laughs> And then ending six and six. But because this is say something nice, let's focus on the amazing job of the Connecticut Huskies in Jim Moore Jr.'s first year. They're 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 popping and uh and things are things are rolling there and a and a bowl game is good. And you know, Connecticut, I always thought had the potential to be decent. And maybe it's got they got a good running attack. Robert Burns had 104 yesterday. Victor Rosa had two touchdowns uh as well running the ball and uh they took it to to hugh freeze and uh and liberty so way to go huskies that's my say something nice there you go so we'll be back tuesday we'll promote uh only a couple more weeks here it's kind of getting sad we get towards the yeah. uh yeah gotta gotta really appreciate them we'll be back tuesday to uh hype up next weekend uh continue to share us on social media subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a single episode uh, tell your friends about us, all that. Leave nice reviews. We really appreciate uh, all of it. Talk to you later. <laughs>